When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Friday, July 29th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians come up short of winning the series in Boston. They earned a split last night with a 4-2 loss. Uh, it was a rough outing for, for Tristan McKenzie, and we really haven't said that uh, much in, in July. We're not used to that. Uh, McKenzie's been so good and, and just lights out. Uh, what what kind of trouble did he run into uh, in this game in Boston? Well, Joey, you know he was he was very good for the first five innings. Uh, you know, had shut uh, Boston out on two hits, and then he just kind of made some some really really bad pitches uh, in in the in the in the sixth inning. You know, he hung a uh, you know fastball over the plate to Verdugo, who singled. But the big pitch was uh, he was ahead 0-2 on uh, Bogarts um, through a through a slider that that hung over the middle of the plate for about two hours, and uh, Bogarts hit it over the monster for a three-run homer, and that was the ball game. But up until then, he'd been great. You know, this guy has has been on a roll. Uh, you know, first four starts in uh, July, three and 0.34 ERA. I mean, he was on fire. Uh, this one, uh, this one was not one of his better starts of the season. So, uh, you know, there were bits and pieces where maybe he could take away from from it and and say, you know, up until that, you know, uh, that final inning, that was that, that was a pretty decent start. But uh, for for this team to stay in contention and and to keep competing for either the division or maybe a wild card spot, McKenzie has to be, you know, as good as he was in July pretty much through the end of the season. Now he has to sustain this and we have to see from him that growth where he, he can not only just do it once or, you know, do it for five innings, but he has to give you, uh, you know, the kind of outings that he had all throughout July, uh, basically through the rest of the season. Yeah. We've seen him get on these runs. You know, we saw him get on a run like this uh, last season in the second half. Um, and I just think, you know, it's part of the learning process uh, for a young starter uh, you know, this was, you know, in in a depleted Boston lineup, Bogarts is the one guy that can't beat you, and he beat him. You know, Verdugo right. and, Bo- and Bogarts are the two guys you got to be able to get out or pitch around or, you know, just to treat very, very carefully. And, you know, he, he served it up 
to both of them and, and paid the price. Last year around this time was when he was was heating up and and really getting into his groove. And then, you know, right before they went to uh, I believe they went when they went to Williamsport, uh, they kind of shut him down a little bit. They gave him a couple of, uh, you know, breaks and I, I, he might have even gone on the uh, the injured list for for a, a brief period just to sort of, you know, back him off a little bit and not not overdo it with him do you think that they might do something like that with him again or are they or is he just you know they take the chains off and set him loose yeah i think i think you're past that joe i really do uh you know i think he he hasn't had any problems you know i mean the guy what he still pitched seven innings mm-hmm. last night you know francona I, I i was a little surprised he sent him out in the seventh to get through that inning uh but uh you know he you know, he still, he struck out six guys. He walked one, you know, he doesn't look fatigued. He just, you know, it's just, I think it's just a process, you know, that you got to learn, you know, you, you know, you can't, there's, there's hitters you can challenge and there's hitters you can. And, you know, obviously everybody, every pitcher makes a mistake. And I think, you know, he made two bad ones at the wrong time. Uh, as far as offensively, not a lot going on uh, for the guardians last night, Jose Ramirez, with his 20th home run, wrapped it around the pesky pole. Um, and, and late in the game, uh, Stephen Kwan uh, got a run home with a double play ground ball. But it, other than that, uh, not not a lot going on in terms of offense. Yeah, they get, you know, they they had, they end up with five hits, get out hit six to five by, you know, a Red Sox team that, you know, is struggling offensively as well. You know, the the one guy that, that showed some still showed some life was uh was Naylor, Josh Naylor, two doubles. You know, he hits gives him a chance in the ninth with a one out double into the gap, you know, to at least, you know, kind of come back and get the tying run to the plate. But, you know, they just they just couldn't uh, you know, that that offense you know, we went back to the uh, feast or famine offense and uh, that inconsistent offense that, you know, just can't, you know, they run into these games where, you know, they look helpless almost. They're, yeah. they're, I think their their age and their, their youth really show. I think in the second inning, Joe, you know, Naylor starts, starts the inning with a double, you know, off the wall. And then you've got, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, you've got Jimenez coming up. He's hitting 360 with runners in scoring position, and he bunts. He, bunts. he pops up a bunt to the pitcher, and you got to be thinking, what you know, you know, he's doing that on his own, and you know, he's you know trying to help the team. But drive the ball; you've driven the ball the whole first half. That's how you got made the All Star team. <laughs> Hit the ball to center field, but advance the runner. I mean, drive the guy in. Yeah, he's also he's also probably sick of getting hit and getting pitched inside, so. You know, maybe he figures if he bunts one down, he can uh, yeah, yeah. get him to back off a little bit. Uh, the, the poor guy's like a pincushion right at, at this point in the season. And he did, uh, and he got hit in his next plate appearance. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I the there is a lot of youth and a lot of inconsistency and inexperience there. That that that's a great example when Andres Jimenez bunts on his own in that situation. Uh, it, it leaves you scratching your head a little bit, but. Uh, as far as where this leaves the team right now, as they head to Tampa Bay, uh, it, it makes it a pretty big series uh, in, in Tampa Bay. You know, if they can take two or three in Tampa, you know, they come away from this road trip feeling pretty good about themselves. If, you know, they get swept in Tampa, that's uh, and and that could definitely happen. What's their record in, in Tampa is like three and 12 in their last 15 games there. Yeah, um, they have not played well there. So, 
yeah, I, they, they could feel pretty good about themselves coming out of Tampa. Yeah, this is a big series, definitely. Uh, they're two games out uh, in, the, in, the, in the division. Uh, you know, the, the Twins are in San Diego. Uh, the Twins had a heck of a schedule this week, two off days, you know, so they, they're, they're kind of well-rested. I think, the you know, the, the Guardians have been through the grind, and they're still grinding, and, you know, you, you, they're getting a little ragged around the edges, I think. And then the wild card, Joe, uh, Tampa Bay is the team in front of uh, the Guardians by, uh, for the third spot. The, the Guardians are two and, a, two and a half games back there. Uh, but this is a this is a big series. It's a good good. You know, it would be nice to come up, come away winning this series. So after, you know, having that opportunity to win both these four game series against Chicago and Boston and ended up with splits, you know, to come away with a, a winning series, you know, this weekend at the trap would, uh, you know, that would be a, that would make it a good road trip. Yeah, that, that, that would definitely change the tone now. Again, we're talking on uh, the last Friday of July, and uh, this has been the day where they make moves. This is uh, a year ago today was when they announced uh, three separate trades, and they also announced that Terry Francona was stepping away from the uh, the ball club for the remainder of the season uh, last year on this date. Uh, it was a, a pretty crazy, pretty hectic day, uh, and, you know, I would expect that if they're going to make moves today might be the day that they do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the deadline is Tuesday, uh, 6 PM. It's getting close. Uh, you know, I think it can happen at any time. We saw the reds make a move, uh, yesterday or la last night trading, uh, our, our buddy, Tyler Naquin, uh, and, uh, you know, and Philip deal to the Mets. And, um, so uh, the trading, it, the trades are in the air. This is moving day. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and definitely uh, the guardians need some help. Yeah. I, they need help. If they decide that that's the direction they're going in, they, they also could, you know, just look to, to sort of uh, add by subtraction, uh, move some guys to open up some spots. I, I think that's uh, probably a, a more likely route for them at this point. Uh I, I really don't see them adding uh, a big ticket name. Uh, Wilson Contreras is the name that, that that's out there that that's been floated around that. And, and uh, Sean Murphy from the, uh, the Oakland athletics. I, you know, that's, those are two big deals. If they decide to make those deals that that would really signal something to, uh, to this club about uh, what, where they stand and what they believe uh, this club can do. Yeah, two different, uh, two different, uh, you know, kind of apples and oranges there. Uh, you know, uh, um, Murphy is signed through what, 2005, 2006. They could control him. Uh, you know, Contreras is a rental, uh, you know, with uh, he's making them about nine point, what, nine point, almost $10 million. That's probably, you're, you you end up paying half of that, maybe a little less. Um, uh, and I, I just, you know, from just, uh, it doesn't sound like, they feel they're one guy away. You know, right. And I, so I would think they'd rather, you know, you know, kind of help the present and the future. If they could get Murphy, that, that seems like an ideal fit for them. But, uh, and I, you know, I, I would not be surprised if they, if they went out and, and, and uh, maybe added another starting pitcher. I, I just think the, the rotation, the way it's been up and down and with Savali hurt, you know, on the, on the IL for the second time, it just seems like, you know, that might be an area of need for them. 
Yeah, the only problem with that is everybody's looking for starting pitching right now. So if you're going to make a deal and and sort of, you know, lose a piece or, or, or lose lose something that's that's valuable uh, for a starting pitcher, who are you going to get? What what kind of guy are you going to get and how long are you going to be able to control him? Uh, you know, that might just your better option might just be bringing up a, a young guy to see what he can do and and sticking with him and hoping that you you catch fire like you did with Shane Bieber and, and Zach Plesak and, and Aaron Savali. Yeah, that's a good point, Joe. And we've seen them do it before. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen them, you know, follow that course of action. Certainly they have some uh, arms in the pipeline. Uh, but, and, you know, it just, yeah, yeah. You know, that I think they could, they could work it both ways in, in that regard. Wanted to ask you about Miles Straw and what you've seen out of him the last uh, week or so, the last couple of games. Uh, he, he's, he's starting to square the ball up a little bit more. He's starting to drive the ball a little bit more. And he's, he's really making that, uh, that number nine spot sort of his home right now. Yeah, definitely. He's, uh, you know, they're really linking up with, uh, Quan and, and Rosario, uh, you know, straw looks like he's, you know, he's making a lot so more solid contact. You know, you don't see the fly balls, you know, the weak fly balls to the outfield, uh, you know, he just looks like he looks like a different guy. I mean, uh, you know, he had to hit in the eighth inning to kind of, you know, kind of uh, to at least, you know, get in to to help that rally. And when they scored the run to make it uh, four to two, uh, and he's, you know, the last 18, 19 games, he's looked like the guy we saw, you know, in the second half last season when when they acquired him from Houston. Yeah, when they brought him over from Houston and he started <laughs> to hit the way that that he did that, that sort of opened everybody's eyes to the possibilities of, you know, this guy could be uh, a, a real good piece for, for the guardians for years to come. Just, uh, it was, it was always nice that he, he had the gold glove defense in center field. Uh, but what his ability to get on base, uh, you know, and those at, at that early time was, was really special. Uh, Hoinsey, we're at the, we're at the trading deadline. Uh, you, you've been doing this for a long time. What are some, of the 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 sort of the craziest or most memorable trade deadline situations scenarios where you were covering the team and either they made a deal or they they announced something and you know maybe you got caught uh maybe you got caught off guard by something or 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 maybe you, you scooped somebody what what are some of the your most memorable trade deadline moments yeah the one the one that the, just the most recent you know, when the Bauer trade, when they traded Bauer to Cincinnati and uh, the, the trade hadn't been announced yet, but we were down in the locker room and you could see Bauer, you know, walking around, you know, saying goodbye to all his friends. And, you know, we're sitting there waiting to talk to him or, or see if we could talk to him. But the trade is going down. And I remember calling you mm -hmm. and, and you were writing it. You had I, to you had to write it because I was sitting there. I couldn't write it. I was I was sitting there watching it happen, but I, was, I couldn't write it. I was in a cabin in the woods, and I got a call <laughs> from you, and it's and and everybody on social was breaking it. All the uh, all the agents and the national guys had the trade going down, but they didn't have any of the the specifics. And it was a three team trade, so that made it a little more more complicated uh, as well. But uh, you know, once we knew all the all the moving pieces, the the story went up, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just weird that like you were there in the clubhouse, and yet, uh, you know, you, you couldn't write anything because nothing had been announced. Yeah, that that was strange. That was strange and frustrating at at the same time. 
but uh it was <laughs> it just just like you know you're in uh, the twilight zone mm -hmm. uh i remember they they've made some some really interesting moves like back those great like 90s teams for for cleveland uh where they would try to add uh add pieces right there uh, right before the stretch run and, and try to, i remember when they added ken hill uh, i remember when they when they brought in uh you know a guy like uh like a biff roberts and you yeah. thought that he was going to be able to you know make a difference there and uh, kevin seitzer kevin, kevin seitzer that guy. was that guy had they had been rumored to, to be getting him for so long uh so so yeah it, it's different it's a different situation than you know, back in those '90s teams where they were just like one extra piece, and you can go shopping and 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 you know pick out a guy that could fit your your plan. Now that's it's like that for the Yankees and for the Mets and for the Dodgers. It's like at this time of year, they're free agents. They're 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 just shopping. They're they're looking to take a little from column A, a little from column B, whatever's going to help their team. Uh, and and the sort of the the not less fortunate, but the uh less endowed teams uh are 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 sort of left you know as far as a farm system for these guys yeah definitely and uh you know i remember and this is you know this is the only there's only one only one trading deadline now what right. this is second or third year of that and it was always before there was always the august 31st you know waiver non waiver deadline you could make a deal i remember they got what in 2016 they got coco crisp they got Coco um, Crisp. They got really uh, a valuable, valuable they got, piece. They got Josh Donaldson for a couple of weeks too. Uh, you know, back in what 2018. Uh, and that didn't really work out because he decided he didn't want to hit against uh Houston. So um, but yeah, that's it's been interesting. Uh the moves that they've made, the the just their their trade history at this at this deadline, especially with this particular front office. Uh, trying to play both sides of things, uh, you don't really see that in a lot of other places where they're they're not only focused on continuing to try to win right now, but also you know keeping in mind how they can build for the future. Uh, most most front offices, if they you know if they have to deal a, a a top prospect, they they cut their losses and they go with it just to get the guy that they want. Yeah, it's the Dave Dombrowski uh, scorched earth policy. <laughs> if you, if you got a chance to win, you trade everybody and then move on to the next team. <laughs> well, uh, we will be monitoring uh, tonight, uh, all day today. You know what what happens as far as uh, announcements from the club. Uh, you know, on subtext first, we'll anything we find out, uh, we'll be texting to our subtext subscribers. Uh, if you want to subscribe there, cleveland.com slash subtext or send a text to 216-298-4643. And uh, we will, uh, you know, for $3.99 a month, it's a, it's a subscription service. This is this is the time of year when our subtext subscribers really get their money's worth because uh, all the noise that's out there in terms of uh, Twitter, what to believe, what not to believe, the only stuff that we're putting on uh, on subtext is is our analysis and, you know, what facts we find out from the club directly. So uh, it's a great way to stay in touch and to stay on top of everything Guardians baseball. Definitely, Joe. And uh, hopefully the Guardians can come come out of this series with Tampa Bay, you know, with the win. Uh, the, the the Rays right now have 17 guys on the injured list. Wow. That's a, that, that is a, an opportunity waiting to happen. 
uh, for a lot of these young guys, their first time playing in the trop, which is uh, an experience all of its own. So uh, who knows what could happen. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear about what uh, Kevin Cash might do to Terry Francona uh, as they get down there. I'm, I'm thinking he might uh, have a little revenge or some sort of payback for uh, the, the nonsense that, that Tito pulled putting a, a an X, a, an athletic tape X over his picture, Cash's picture in the uh, Detroit uh, manager's office. So we'll, <laughs> I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> just, just, it, the, the prank war is always a good side story between these two, uh, and we're looking forward to uh, to what they're doing uh, this weekend. Hoinsey, we will be back with you uh, again on Monday for another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll catch you then. Thanks, Joe.